Hello, everybody. In today's episode, we are going to talk about 1099s. I've been seeing a lot of questions, a lot of questions popping up in the Facebook group about, do I issue a 1099 for this or this situation happened? Do I do a 1099 for this? And so I thought, you know what? Let's just read some 1099 instructions, get some high points off what I think is going to apply to your church most often. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to keep rolling along with these tax forms in the IRS um, because we still got time. You've got until January 31st to get this stuff done and a little bit longer on some things. So let's jump into 1099s and how to properly fill them out. Hi, I'm Michelle Brown, and I help church finance individuals just like you go from feeling confused and frustrated with what you don't know about church finances to being more confident in your role while increasing your proficiency and expertise in the church finance realm. I love all things Jesus, church finances, books, business. I love it all. But on this podcast, we're going to talk about church finances and clergy taxes. So I hope that you will um, enjoy something learn something new, or get confirmation on something that you already know. So let's jump right into the episode. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Bookkeeping with a Purpose podcast. Um, We are headed towards the end of January, so we're still in fourth quarter, you know, payroll tax liabilities, year-end tax filings. So last week we talked about W-2s, this week we're going to talk about 1099s. And the reason we're going to do 1099s is because in February of 2023, the IRS lowered the e-filing threshold for 1099s to just 10. So if you have at least 10 1099s to file, then instead of mailing those puppies in, now you have to e-file them, okay? Um, I don't remember. I'm sure I have said that my favorite uh platform for e-filing 1099s is track1099.com. It's super easy. It's not expensive. It costs $3.17 to print out and e-file 1099s. And what they do is they file the 1096 and the 1099 with the IRS, and then you can print out and mail in paper copy to your recipient, and it costs you a whole $3.17 for just one, okay? We'll cover dates for the 1099 NEC, which is non-employee compensation. The e-file deadline for that is January 31st. So you got a little over a week to get that one done, okay? If you have anything that you need to file a 1099 MISC or 1099 miscellaneous, if you're going to paper file that, again, if you've got less than 10, you can paper file. Those have to be mailed out and postmarked by February 28th. But if you got the 10 or more or you just want the ease of e-filing, you actually have until March 31st for the 1099 miscellaneouses, okay? One of the first questions that people get is they're trying to figure out, do they need to file a 1099 on somebody? So I'm going to tell you who you need to file on. If you own a trade or business that you operate for profit or gain, you issue a 1099. Also, nonprofits, organizations, even though they don't, you know, quote unquote, operate for gain or profit, but they still have a business. There's because there's a business side to everything, including a church and a regular nonprofit. 
they also are required to file 1099s, okay? So if you're a trader business that you operate for gain or profit or a nonprofit, you are required to file 1099s. 1099s generally go are issued to, so a 1099 NEC, I'm going through my notes here. I'm actually sitting on my couch <laughs> with my notes scattered all over my coffee table here, and I'm confusing myself, okay? So a 1099 NEC. These are going to go to someone who is not an employee who provides a service to your business, all right? So that means as a church, if you have um, an HVAC guy come and repair the heating and air unit for the church, if you paid him $600 or more, then you would issue him a 1099. But if the same guy comes to your house and provides services for you at your personal home, you would not issue a 1099, okay? So it's only businesses or nonprofits that issue 1099s, okay? The second requirement for a 1099 NEC is you issue them to individuals, partnerships, estates, or corporations that provide legal services. If you have someone like, if we'll go back to the HVAC, if the HVAC company is Brown Heating and Air Inc. Incorporated, regardless of how much services they provide dollar-wise, you're not going to issue them a 1099 because they're incorporated. But you'll notice I said corporations that provide legal services that's going to be different. You're actually going to issue a, you're going to do a 1099 um, NEC for attorney's fees on that one. And then the amount, dollar amount is if they paid, if you paid them $600 or more in a calendar year. A calendar year is January 1st to December 31st. So even if you operate on a fiscal year of say September 1st to July 31st, you're not going to add up the totals of, you know, you're not going to go off your fiscal year to date reports. You're going to go off of a calendar year for your reporting on these. Let's see. That's a 1099 NEC. Okay. So a 1099 miscellaneous. This is for someone who is not an employee who you provided payment for, for the following reasons. The biggest one is going to be rent. If you've got a landlord that you pay money to, um, that, total $600 or more, which it very likely does, then you're going to issue him a 1099 miscellaneous, and you're going to put those rent proceeds in box one of the 1099. One caveat here is the landlord needs to be an individual. If you pay to a management company or to a real estate agent, you are not going to issue that management company or real estate agent a 1099. But if you pay Mr. Robert Brown rent uh, every month, then you would issue Mr. Robert Brown a 1099 miscellaneous, okay? Another instance in which you may issue a 1099, and we hope this never occurs, but if you have an employee that passes away, say, let's say if he, he died on December 28th of 2022, okay? but your pay period didn't end until January 2nd. If the employee dies in year A, but the pay period and the pay date isn't until year B, 
any amount would be put that you owed him would be on form 1099 miscellaneous box three. And the reason you do this is because if the pay period ends in the same date that your employee passes away, you run it just like a regular payroll. You take out the Social Security and Medicare taxes. Everything goes on a W-2. You mail it in to you either give it to the individual's estate or, you know, wherever that needs to go. But if they pass away in the following year, say if they had $1,000 due them on their paycheck, you don't do a regular paycheck and take out Social Security and Medicare taxes. You issue a 1099 and a check for the full $1,000. And then that $1,000 goes in box three of 1099 miscellaneous. And then you mail that check and the form 1099 miscellaneous to the employee's estate. So that can be a little confusing. And hopefully that's not a situation that you're going to run into that often. But unfortunately, it does happen. Okay, so keep that in mind. A couple of other things on here. One of the biggest things, people, is, and I tell my clients this all the time, if you've got anybody that's providing a service to you, and in church world, that may be your pulpit supply speaker, your fill-in musician, um, the guy who's laying the carpet for you, okay? If you think there is any chance whatsoever that you're going to pay them $600 or more in that same year, do not give them that money until they fill out a Form W-9. All this is, it's a simple form. They put in their name, their mailing address, and their taxpayer ID number, which is either going to be their social security number or their employer identification number. They sign it and date it, boom. That gives you the exact information that you need in order to fill out these 1099 forms, all right? So please, 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 I don't care who it is. If you think they're going to get 600 or more or even may remotely get even close to $600, have them fill out that W-9 because I'm going to tell you right now, it is a whole lot easier to get that puppy filled out before you give them the money than trying to chase after them after they've done got it and they're long gone. Okay, so the next thing um, that you want to remember on 1099s is that you can truncate the recipient's uh, tax ID number, which means basically you have, when you look at their 1099, you're going to see Asterisk, 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 and then maybe four digits, the last four digits of their social security number, okay? You absolutely can do that, and I do advise that you do that. But keep in mind that the payer's EIN number, which is employer identification number, that can never be truncated. So if your church's EIN is 61-123456, dash that is going to show up in full 61-123456. But the recipient's number may be asterisk, 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 three, four, five, or whatever it is. Okay. <laughs> so just keep that in mind that you can truncate. And I do suggest that you do that just, just because of so much identity theft out there. But anyways, wasn't that fun? And I will just tell you, it was so much fun reading the instructions for the 1099s as well. <laughs> so if you ever get bored and you want to get nerdy, 
just print out or look up some IRS form instructions. They are a blast. So I hope this was helpful to you. I know, again, there's been lots and lots of questions about do I need to issue a 1099 for this or that? The answer is if it is an individual or an LLC that is providing a service to your church, then yes, you issue a 1099 NEC. If you pay an attorney any amount, you need to issue a 1099 NEC. If you pay a landlord rent, you need to issue a 1099 miscellaneous. And if unfortunately you have an employee pass away and your pay period doesn't end, so the amount is not paid until the following year, then you pay them the full amount that was owed, do not take out any FICA taxes, and that gets issued on a 1099 miscellaneous. Of course, if you have any other questions about, you know, should you issue 1099s, absolutely contact your tax preparer. Don't. It's always better to be safe and sorry. As in, And as I always say, there are absolutely no stupid questions because trust me, guys and gals, I am the queen of asking questions. Just even if I think I know the answer, I want to verify that I know the answer. Okay. So never be afraid to ask questions. And if you don't have a tax preparer or someone that your church utilizes, absolutely feel free to reach out. And though I will not give you situation-specific advice without you being a client, I can give you, I can share general tax code and what um, the IRS regulations say. Until next time, my friend, let's always strive to make an impact and not just an income. And remember to look your best, do your best, and be your best. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. If you learned something new or were inspired in any way, please do me a huge Omongo favor and leave me a fantastic five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It helps more people to find the show and then share this episode with someone who you think it could help. Until next time, my friend, be blessed.